This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra and Kelsey with Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. The bountiful harvest continues here at Halepule. Citrus of all kinds, including amazing oranges, Kalamandan limes, Tahitian limes, tangerines, tangelos, breadfruit, and yet another variety of avocados are abundant. Growing my own food has been important to me from an early age. It's wonderful to have so much available fresh from the garden and the orchard. Though even in times where I wasn't able to grow so much, I always kept something going. Like herbs and pots? Yes, you know, you can grow basil and cilantro and parsley in windowsills and most anywhere, as long as there's some sunshine. I never prioritized connection with the growing of my food when I was growing up. But now that I have had experience having homegrown herbs and food, it's definitely a new priority for me. Not only does it allow one to infuse their herbs or food with love in the growth process, but the act of caring for and being around plants is grounding and reminds us that we're a part of nature. We're preparing more rows of asparagus for harvest as well. It was great fun eating it this autumn during our most recent 200-hour yoga teacher training. And in December, we're off to India for a conference on Ayurveda and yoga put on by the Purnarnava Ayurveda Trust at Vaidyagram. I so enjoy presenting and attending a conference of this nature. It's an incredible exchange of information in a sustainable and a spiritual environment. It's really wonderful. There are a number of holidays coming up. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and then New Year's. Today, let's talk about how to thrive through the holidays, which brings up my first thought. Why do we have holidays? Well, it seems like the original intent was gathering around a theme that had meaning to everyone. A time to come together in harmony, to share, and most importantly, to be in gratitude and appreciation. There was a lot of merit in the original intentions. I actually know very little about the origin or true intent of many holidays. To me, they pretty much all fell into one grouping that mean, meant family dinners, overeating, and time off work, and then gifts of some sort. And I think that's common these days. The commercialization of everything seems to have distorted our view of holidays. We've forgotten those original intentions with the idea that more is better. And then people like me are never educated about the roots and purpose of holidays. The thinking that more is better is something that I frequently remind people is not necessarily correct nor a good idea around the holidays or any other time. The idea that we have to react to everything around us and grasp at things outside of us for satisfaction and happiness really cultivates what's called dukkha or suffering rather than sukha which is the sweetness in life. Grasping for things outside us and reacting to excess stimulation around us results in a very shallow approach to living. Moving too fast keeps us from fully feeling the beauty and the wonder of our life experience. 
we get caught up in our heads about the next thing to do or talking about how exhausted we are from the last three things that we did. This makes me think of our trainings and other events where we teach the benefits and effectiveness of digging a deep well rather than many shallow holes. Spreading ourselves too thin ends up dispersing our energy and keeps us on the surface of life. We never get the opportunity to become masterful at something because we're always jumping from one thing to another. I learned that from a wonderful teacher many years ago. Knowing more or checking things off our list doesn't provide us with long-lasting happiness. As I live more years, I keep simplifying aspects of my life and it makes my living much more joyful. I appreciate the simplified living I've experienced since being here at Halepule. Now I find myself taking note of areas of my life that seem complicated and then looking for ways that I can simplify. It's often pointed out to me that I need to slow down in the process as well. Becoming aware of complication has been notable to me around food lately. Now that I actually eat to nourish myself and not simply for pleasure or to avoid feelings. It's more apparent and less attractive to me to eat for pleasure only. Of course I like good quality and great tasting food, but I'm no longer interested in having 18 ingredients in one dish. I like having modern amounts of ingredients so I can actually identify and then enjoy those different tastes and foods for what they are. When I think back, I remember my life getting complicated and busy around the holidays especially. It used to be a challenging time for me because I had the desire to walk a healthy and balanced path, but was still caught up in feeling I needed to do more or go faster. It brought up behaviors in me that I didn't like. I found myself people-pleasing and doing things with a desire to fit in. I would also look for the excitement and then get corresponding lows. I was addicted to the drama of the highs and lows. Yep, every high has a low, not unusual today. In Ayurveda and yoga, we teach moderation to cultivate consciousness and sattva, which is balance and harmony. It's a simple path, but it can be really challenging at times. During holidays, we can get caught up in the fear of making poor choices or not being able to maintain what we want. In the head with fears. <laughs> Then we get caught up in things we don't want or hide from them. What do you mean hide? Oh, for example, excluding ourselves from things that we'd actually like to participate in. Meaning avoiding situations? Yes, you can say it that way. Oh, I can relate to that. Sometimes I wouldn't want to even go to an event where I knew I would be offered cake and refined sugar products, for example. We call grandmother Baba in Ukrainian and she would make these things, these cakes, especially for the grandkids. It's a common concern I hear with clients, fear of what to do when family or friends are tugging at them to do things their way. Myra, what do you suggest as the best way to walk through this situation of you know, making choices that feel good to us and still feel good? You mean feel good? because you might not be pleasing somebody else. Right, yeah. or rocking the boat, for example. It might, right. it might bring up mm, discomfort in other people or resistance in them. Mm -hmm. I think a little background is helpful here. Our previous podcasts on the senses and another on overcoming life's challenges with Ayurveda and yoga, they're about how we use our senses 
and the clashes or the obstacles that we come across in life. We talked about how our mind is trained to operate in ways that are sometimes not in the best interest of our mental or physical health. And by cultivating sattva, balance and harmony, that we can elevate our health. The tendency is to think of sattva as an end point, but it really isn't. All three gunas, sattva, balance and harmony, it is the light. Rajas, which is activity, with too much activity leading to disturbance. And then tamas, inertia, and the darkness. So these are the aspects of nature, and we call them the gunas. They're all present in us all of the time. The amount of each dictates how we behave and feel, both mentally and physically. Sattva, in predominance, is most desirable as it cultivates our sense of self and spiritual connection. When it's most present, it's easier to make decisions that are in alignment with who we are, which is when we feel the best and we're able to be truly kind and loving to ourselves and to others. In other words, we're not waiting for circumstances on the outside to be just right. We can be kind and loving no matter what's going on around us. Cultivating sattva would create a stable foundation to walk through the holidays with ease and clarity. At our recent silent retreat, we talked to the students about the qualities of sattva, rajas, and tamas, and the descriptors of sattva that stood out to me included inspiring, inspired to spiritual pursuit, cheerful, supple, and peaceful. Those are qualities that I would love to have in my life and what I could never quite hold on to during the holidays. So now we have a number of holidays coming up. I know many people who want to have a new experience this year and not ever have to go back to the craziness of the past. What are the top tools you suggest to cultivate sattva? The first thing is to recognize that the past is not always an indicator of the future. We're all transforming each day. Making the choice to have a new experience means we open up our energy to something new. Even when the mind starts marching down an old path, the moment we are aware of it, we can make the shift to a better choice. And then we can keep backing up in that process so we catch ourselves sooner and sooner until we ignore the old thinking as it flies by and just step into the new behavior. Ayurveda and yoga offer us great tools for doing this. A few helpful tools come to mind. One is reminding myself out loud, oh, I don't do that anymore. Or, oh, I don't think that way anymore. I do this instead. Another helpful tool I use for shifting the focus of my mind and coming present is mantra. We have a number of mantras on our YouTube channel, which is called Yoga and Ayurveda. The mantras can be chanted externally, but are even more powerful when chanted internally. Some say 1,000 times more powerful. And you can practice them anytime, as long as it doesn't split your attention. Split attention will aggravate vata dosha. And if one doesn't feel comfortable with the Sanskrit mantra, any prayer that reminds you of the God of your heart will create a shift. Another tool is to have a regular devotional practice as part of your dinacharya or your daily practices. Let's take a break and talk about more tools to thrive through the holidays in just a couple of minutes. Spiritual wellness is an important aspect of health. An Ayurvedic lifestyle identifies activities such as meditation, 
to create a greater connection to our whole being and the divine. Small changes can bring great results with Ayurveda. Whether you are working on your own health or supporting clients looking to apply Ayurvedic principles to their lives, you'll be part of transformations that will inspire you and those around you. Our Ayurvedic Health Counselor Certification Program is excellent for anyone with a desire to gain a deep understanding of the principles of Ayurveda and how to use this science of life to support spiritual, physical, and psychological health in others. Upon graduation, you'll receive a certificate from Halepule Ayurveda and Yoga as an Ayurvedic Health Counselor with 400 hours of training. You can sign up on our website, halepule.com. And send us your questions for our podcast at hashtag AskHaleipule. That's hashtag Ask, H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E, on Facebook and Twitter. We're back. We've been talking about tools to thrive through the holidays. I thought of another, Agnihotra. It has been a great influence in my life. I love honoring the rhythms of nature with this practice. When you introduced me to Agnihotra some years ago, I was amazed at the changes it brought about in me. For our listeners, Agnihotra is a Vedic fire ceremony that brings healing to the atmospheres and to those who perform it. It is a type of yagya, which is an offering or sacrifice. It had such an innate appeal to me, and yet I had not done anything like it before. When I went to visit Canada over a Christmas holiday, I took my pot and tools with me and I did it there too. I have a picture of me in a woolly hat and full body length winter coat out in the snow with the fire. It was fun to come back to Hawaii and share that photo with you all. But keeping that routine definitely helped me stay true to my higher self when engaging in holiday activities. It helped me be more of the kind, patient woman that I know I am when I take away the fears and the doubts. Holiday time is a perfect time for making our regular offerings such as prayer and Agnihotra, and we can make them even more special times with those practices. Now, Agnihotra is so powerful because it helps us come into the rhythm of nature by making those offerings at sunrise and sunset. Our attitude of focus and devotion brings us a sense of freedom as well as love in any kind of offering. Anytime we turn our attention inward with commitment, we have an opportunity to raise our consciousness. And with that step up, we cultivate openness and a greater sense of self-confidence. When I look back, I can see that I enjoyed the holidays, but there was part of me that really didn't enjoy them. I loved to see my family, but I didn't like how I felt pressure to do what they did, such as drinking alcohol or eating sugary foods and meat. There were also poor combinations and food that lacked prana because it was frozen or canned before preparation. I was also pressured to eat how they ate, namely standing up and constantly for hours. And a common phrase from the older family members was, eat, eat, or here, have some more. It was challenging for me. It's important to remember (laughs) that when we just be ourselves, we are the best whether it's with friends or family. It may mean saying no to something and bringing your own food or eating before you go, and that's all okay. Many of us do it. Make a list of what you're willing to do for yourself and then be clear about what you want to do, and then do it and stick with it. 
In the beginning, some people acted offended or upset when I said that I didn't want to eat the cookies or I'd pass on the cake or that I really didn't need a second helping of food. When we do things differently, it challenges what people are used to. My experience is that it, it will pass. People will get beyond it. Just be loving and clear in how you conduct yourself and let go of however they respond. We can't make anyone feel a certain way. Be kind and considerate to them and to yourself. Then there's no need to worry. They're free to choose their feelings and you yours. Be yourself and who knows, you might inspire them to treat themselves better. The key is really to be non-attached. That doesn't mean that we're going to be unfeeling toward others. You know, we can be gracious and thankful for what, what they've offered. And I found that sometimes it was really good to let people know in advance you know, that you wouldn't be having certain things. And that, that was very helpful too. Mm -hmm. And that's all really ahimsa uh, toward ourselves and toward others. Yes, ahimsa being the practice of nonviolence. Uh, and so what we do is we practice kindness, consideration, and respect. It's one of the main tenets of yoga. I've taken food with me to events that involve eating. By doing so, I avoided illness and dullness after the holidays. We actually have a great pumpkin pie recipe in our holiday toolkit. You can see our website for more details, hollypule.com. A great idea to bake and take with you for a healthy alternative to dessert. I also established that I committed to three meals and no snacking, which meant no appetizers leading up to the meal. And you know, when dinner got really late, when, when I knew that it wasn't going to be eaten until 9 p.m. or 9.30 p.m., I would eat by 6, just because I knew I would feel better. And then before entering those situations, I set the intention for myself to make choices that made me feel good about how and what I would eat for that event. And I just related it back to, you know, I can be more present here and enjoy being here more if I take care of what I need. Yep. I've often suggested to clients and students to cook for themselves and bring enough for everyone. And that's a really nice way to be sure you have good food to nurture your spirit and to share some of what you're doing with others. Some people will be interested and others won't. You may be surprised at who's inspired by your commitment to your health and well-being. I agree, the pumpkin pie recipe is a really nice one. And the children like it too. We've made it when there's been kids around mm -hmm. and it's been a hit. Yeah. Well, thank you for this conversation. I definitely appreciate it. The holidays seem to be a time where people get stressed and sick, and I was one of them. It's really nice to have the validation and the experience that it can be different. It's really simple. Keep clarifying your priorities and ask yourself, is this going to make me feel good about me and take me in the direction I want to go? If yes, then go ahead, and if no, then don't do it. Life is wonderful when we muster up the courage to do things that make us feel good about ourselves and turn away from the things that don't. So eating things that we know are going to make us feel well is something that really makes us feel good about ourselves. And when we don't do it, not only do we feel crummy, but then we also feel poorly about ourselves having done that. So step into familiar situations with an enthusiastic attitude for growth and then have a fresh experience.
I can see how we limit ourselves when we have expectations of what things will be like. This morning you talked about how each moment is a new one. I've really been putting that awareness into practice today, and wow, life is a beautiful experience. I was working with a blender today and it exploded all over the kitchen, and I just stayed in the moment and it was wonderful. I looked around at the juice everywhere in the kitchen, saw the humor in it, asked for help from someone else who was in the house, and stayed present, and as a result, the whole process was very short. And I didn't go into self-judgment or blame, which was a big change and a huge relief. I'm glad I missed that a bit. <laughs> Remember, we have a choice. You had the choice to enjoy yourself in the moment or to be miserable with it. Each of us has the choice to choose to enjoy the holidays or not. To enjoy them likely means you'll do things differently than others' expectations of you. Experiment with it and see how it affects how you feel before, during, and after. Life is meant to be enjoyed. When, when we spend a morning or a few days recovering from how we ate or behaved, we know there's an adjustment in our living that can be made to support our long-term wellness and joy. Yeah, that just makes sense. Oh, let's summarize some key tools for our listeners to implement to enhance rather than lose their connection during the holidays. Sure. Take your own food or eat before you go. Be willing to just say, no thanks. And even put your hand up to be sure your energy is clear. Sometimes that might be necessary. But you can be gracious and kind no matter what others do. Remember, you're not responsible for other people's reactions or feelings. Say a prayer or chant a mantra internally to stay connected. And really, it's so powerful to do that when you are going to have some food and that it will just help the whole process. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. We have more tools available online at hollypule.com in our holiday toolkit, including our balancing aromatherapy oils. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach to bring balance, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Aloha. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at hollypule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halepule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.